Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Miles, and I'm the editor here at Television. And joining me, as per usual, is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bondo. Hello. Hello. How are you today? My back hurts. I'm sorry. Middle-aged, like, surprise back pain has been one of the least fun parts about middle age. I, I, I will say middle age is just not fun in general right now. It's kind of rude and like annoying and wants you to do things like go to doctors and take care of your health. And it's just, you know, when I was in my 20s, I didn't even have health insurance, um, partly because I was an idiot and partly because I didn't have like real jobs and partly because I was in theater. And, you know, like I just there I didn't used to have to care about all this stuff. I my body was just just a thing and it just moved and it was fine and and now now i go up the stairs and my knees go ow 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 so rude it's like if i'm in the car for more than an hour like my back will hurt for the next like two days it's pretty great and by pretty great i mean not great <laughs> so uh what are we talking about today other than our knees and our back are we talking about <laughs> pam and tommy are we talking about pam and tommy please no please, because please. it's not british even though lily james is fantastic in it so and sebastian stan is out. british is like he? yes Okay, that's another stealth one. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's great if you haven't seen it. But what we are talking about today is a show that I sort of can't actually believe is real. <laughs> because I think we have been putting it on like shows we're looking forward to seeing lists for the better part of a decade. Uh, since 2012, and, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's the better part of a decade. Because um, it's 2022 now. Um, and it is uh, Julian Fellows' long-awaited uh Americanized John Nabby period drama thing, The Gilded Age. Yeah. This uh when this was announced back in twenty twelve, this was this this spinoff was a uh, was announced. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be a spinoff, like a yes. Downton spinoff for real. Yeah, like it was actually like a friend of mine joked, well, Cora Crawley had to get her money uh, you know, Cora had to get her title somehow. And I was like, actually this was a Cor- this was supposed to be like a Cora Crawley origin story when yeah. it started. And she was like, Are you serious? I'm like, Yeah, actually it was. No, like, it's very like, um, do you remember I think it was called The Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's a sort of, it's an older period drama about pretty much Cora Crawleys who are from upstart industrialist families who want the respectability and titles of the aristocracy and are buying them with mm-hmm. their immense wealth. Yeah. And that is essentially the plot of the show. Um, well, not, not exactly. This show isn't actually crossing the pond to go get those titles. This is actually taking place in New York. Um, somewhere in the last decade between the original announcement back in 2012 and the show moving itself to HBO in 2020, 2019-2020-ish, um, it stopped being about Cora Crawley and it started being its own series. It's a little bit more, um, my, my description of it is a bit Shakespearean, you know, two houses both alike in dignity one old money one new money um and they're literally across the street from each other next to central park and one is owned by the old money widow agnes van ryan who's uh played by the great christine berinsky and uh whose uh, spinster sister ada is played by cynthia nixon and then on the other side of that on the other side of the street there is a just built mansion that is uh owned by the new money russells who are railroad tycoons Coons. And it's Morgan Spector and Carrie Coon as George and Bertha Russell. And uh, yeah, it's um, 
this show understand you know the thing is is that since Downton Abbey went off the air Fellows has done you know it he did the English game he did Belgravia and neither of those shows really took off and it's like he he's it's like those failures helped him understand that no really what American audiences want from you is another Downton Abbey I really liked the English game, though. I'm maybe the only person that did, but I I enjoyed it. I I was I I was genuinely a little taken aback by the Gilded Age's opening scene, which literally felt like beat for beat, like the opening, the original opening to Downton Abbey, in back in 20, 2010, 2011. Like, it, yeah, it's it it's a it's a horse drawn carriage going across Central Park instead of a train across the countryside. Yeah, the bad news comes by post instead of telegram. I mean, even the although even the opening credits do have a train, like right? When they, when they get to the opening credits, right? And like, and, and they're there, you know, when Marion arrives, there's the, the the servants' call bells are shown, and they're all sitting around the table eating while upstairs people are eating. Like it's so, like I just like honestly, there's the, that first exchange in the kitchen between the butler and the cook. It could have been Carson and Patmore, and you wouldn't have known the difference until I figured out what their names were. And to be fair, there are roughly 7.3 million characters in this show. So some of them, I don't know what their names are. And I don't care enough about those stories to find out what their names are. Most of those are downstairs people. Um, I re- mentally was referring to them as uh, as Carson mm-hmm. and Mrs. Patmore in my head. Yeah, um, which is not wrong because they are basically the same. It is the same stock character, just slightly different. So um, instead of Mrs. Patmore, we have uh, Mrs. Bauer, who is who has a German accent. Instead of Carson, we have Simon Jones as Bannister. Um, I mean, I was j- part of it. I know this isn't true, but one of the things that made this fun for me in my head was that I was trying to figure out if like Bannister and like, table or whatever they all have names that are like furniture and i was like are those their real names or is that just what she calls them because she didn't want to bother to learn their names so she just calls them after like household items oh gosh i really want that to be like i know that's like my headcanon because it feels like it would work oh that's great um so yeah the gilded age um it was a, okay so first the, some some of the things that i feel like i i should tell people is that when the wait gilded- wait, wait wait first let us said it's old money versus new money okay. um the, the our our sort of audience stand-in is a young woman named marion brooke who is the niece of christine baranski's character agnes uh her father has just passed away and left her penniless so she is dependent on the kindness of strangers and going to stay with the relatives that she hasn't really talked to for much of her life her arrival in new york is our introduction to all of these characters and the weird society roles they inhabit unfortunately in my opinion that means marion ends up getting stuck being a bit of a cipher a lot of the time but that is the general setup of the story yeah and there are a lot of people who work downstairs um so when when this was first greenlit because um i'm sure people are wondering why this is not on pbs because downton abbey was so like because of it was because of its masterpiece uh because it came over on the masterpiece brand it was so identified with pbs while it was a hit and that's because this was actually never meant to be for pbs when it was developed in 2012 um carnival films which produces downton abbey um they're owned by nbc universal so NBC, the American NBC channel, was so mad that they didn't get Downton Abbey because they didn't want Downton Abbey. Um, they were like, no, 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 you're making it for us. So it was originally supposed to be on like broadcast network television here. And 
that's part of the reason why it took so long to make because that's such a bad fit like it's so obviously like a pbs slash hbo show like i can't imagine this ever working on nbc or peacock or any of or 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 really anywhere that isn't hbo or pbs um i also because it is on hbo the budget is huge Oh, I know the co- like the costumes alone in this are insane. I'm willing to put up with a lot of the sort of larger problems I have with pieces of the narrative because the show is just like very fun to look at. I mean, honestly, like I, I am, I, I literally like ever. I'm recapping the show over at the AV Club, and I literally like I, I track Carrie Coons's gowns every week because her gowns are amazing, and the only thing more amazing than her gowns are her hats. Like, mm, I yeah. want her hat budget. It's amazing. Her hat budget could support me for a year. <laughs> um, I also, I, I, I know that she doesn't get nearly as many, like, flashy clothes, but everything that Agnes wears is mm, yeah. also just sumptuous. It's actually very interesting. I think it's beautiful and it doesn't look, um, I think Agnes would say that it doesn't look rich do you know what i mean like it doesn't look like it looks expensive yes it's not flashy but it's clearly like like the fabric is very expensive and i i also find it very interesting one of the things about the opening episode of the gilded age is that it does a lot of the same things that you get with the downton abbey camera angles around the house like when you first walk into downton abbey you get these big swooping shots of the upstairs so that you see the whole house and you get and they take advantage of high clear castles like you know the fact that they're in a real like country home and that it's really like a castle um that is the same that they do the same trick on the Russell House, which is the big new mansion that's just been built and is the, you know, 18, literally the, the most modern 1880s house you could possibly have. They never, ever do it in the Van Ryn house. Instead, what they do is they do these very staid, slow pullouts so that you start with the character and then it slowly pulls away and suddenly you see them and you can see all of the walls and all of the perfect furniture. It's so, it's much more subtle, but you get just as much of that richness, just not in your face in the same way. And I find that fascinating as a choice in how to like actually like visually present the houses. And like visually differentiate them from each other. Yes. Um, let's start big picture. Like, do you like this show? I love this show. I didn't I... know if I would love it. Okay. Honestly, um, when I watched the first episode, I wasn't sure I was going to love this show. It had too it, it, it was too obviously like imitating Downton Abbey. It was too it, 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 there, there were things about it that I that really were sort of like, well, it's it's it, it's beautiful, so I'll keep watching. And part of that also was that there's a whole sort of like railroad tycoon thing going on in the background that I just did not care about. <laughs> it's right? very tickets to ride, right? And there's a whole and 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 so everything is very much this social like you know, a, a, Carrie Coon's Bertha Russell is basically a social pariah, basically like throwing herself against the doors of this of society, screaming to be let in, and all of the old money are looking at her, going, "Ew, 
right? Like it's it, so like it, it was it was almost too much. And then I hit episode three. And that's actually why I'm really glad that we're doing this because we, we sort of weren't sure where to put this episode since this is a nine episode series of where to actually talk about this. And I'm really glad that we picked right after episode three because that was the episode that really sold me on this show. Interesting. My, I think it happened for me a little bit later. I, re- I, I don't love this show. I don't dislike this show. In the rankings of things, it is much better than Belgravia, which is the last <laughs> show of Julian Fellows's that was, you know, sort of like this. I also feel like in a lot of ways, the show that we're watching is a really great first draft, which does not feel great after a decade of development. I think that some <laughs> judicious editing could have been very helpful the first episode is frustratingly long and yet it doesn't feel long enough like i still didn't feel like i knew everybody oh i don't even mean editing in terms of like length of episodes i mean to my previous point there are too many people on the show there are literally people whose names i don't know whose names i don't care if i ever learn uh who are recognizable to me in as much as they only in as much as they are played by broadway actors i adore which we will get to that in a second but like there's two the show is trying to do too much and i think that's because after it decided it wasn't going to be a downton prequel it didn't decide what it was going to be instead so it does not really have for me a, a really strong sense of its own identity and i think that's why so much of it feels like it's everywhere i'm gonna keep watching it i enjoyed it it's like i said it's really like it's great escapism. It's fun. Christine Baranski is reason enough to watch on her own. She is sort of the show's version of the Dowager Countess of Grantham. Mm-hmm. She's honestly just every, her exchange. Her exchanges with Oscar have me on the floor. Every scene she is in is is worth sitting through the rest of the episode to witness, no matter what else is happening in the rest of the episode. But I wish that the show were a little more clearly centered on kind of like the clash of the titans between Agnes and Bertha Russell. I wish it had set that as the center instead of all of this upstairs downstairs drama, like all of this stuff with Marion who is honestly very unlikable to me. She's no Lady Mary. There's just so much stuff. Like even the even when I hated Lady Mary, I loved her as a character. I don't feel yes. anything but I don't feel anything about Marion because I don't understand who Marion is. Because she's supposed she's she's supposed to be our audience stand-in. And that's fine. But she has no perspective. Like, she's nope. poor, but suddenly rich, and has not been raised in, like, old money New York, so she doesn't have the prejudices against people with new money. So she's, like, just perfectly in the middle of everyone. And it's just, it's it's not interesting. Like, she's not interesting, and she's such a big piece of this first season. And I don't know. Like, I just feel like, I feel like if the show were a little tighter, a little more focused, if it knew what it did really well, which is Agnes and which is Bertha, and which is like that central sort of conflict that they put on all the marketing posters, the show would be better. All right. So I agree with you on some of this. Okay. I do agree with you that there are too many characters. Oh my God. I mean, uh, Patrick, Patrick Page, I will fight people for Patrick Page, but like, why is he in the show? It took me like six episodes to figure out who he was and why he didn't live in the house. All right. So the thing about Downton Abbey is that it is a story of upstairs and it is a story of downstairs. And it is the only it is one of the only shows 
that has ever been able to balance that properly. And it's partly because it introduces the upstairs through the eyes of the downstairs so that we become sympathetic to the downstairs before we really start sympathizing with the upstairs while the upstairs are the people who are the plot drivers. This was a very, very clever setup. And it is the reason why Downton Abbey works as it does. As we have seen in other shows like Victoria, like Belgravia, like Beecham House, all of these shows that have tried to do the upstairs, downstairs thing and failed utterly, it's because they're not doing that. Now, when we get the opening to the Gilded Age, we see it through downstairs. And I thought that that's what we were going to do. But the problem is, is that it's not one downstairs, it's two. It, the problem is, is that there's not one household, there's two. And we don't spend enough time with downstairs because the only downstairs character that they actually care about is Peggy. Now, we'll get to Peggy in a minute because I, I do really want to talk about that because I think that's very important. But also, she's not really a downstairs character. She exists in a strange limit, which we'll talk about in a minute, but she exists in a space that's separate and apart from both of those things, which doesn't help the downstairs part work. Well, by seeing downstairs through her eyes, the Van Ryn downstairs is more interesting than it would be otherwise because we are seeing it through the perspective of a character that we've never seen it through before. This means that the Russell house downstairs is useless. I do not care about Turner trying to sleep with the master. I do not care about the the, the chef and, and, and the housekeeper and their sort of flirtation. I do not care that the, that the, the what is Watson, I think his name is, the, uh, the butler. I don't care. I don't no. care. I don't care. Like, don't look at me to know what their names are. I don't know what their names are. I only know their names because I write their names in recaps every week. Like I, uh, the Russell how the Russell downstairs is a is a problem. I would say both are a problem. I'm sorry that weird flirtation between the downstairs girl and the downstairs boy whose names I don't know, which then gets they like go to the picture show or whatever together. I did I did love the Magic Lantern show. I did loved that. I mean that's I don't care about who are they. I don't care if they get together. Oh no, I don't I don't care about I don't care about them other than how Peggy sees them, but I did love that they gave an excuse to show us the Magic Lantern show. That's all. Okay, that that is something I had not seen before you're right about that, but I also just like this is wasted screen time. This is screen time where I have mentally checked out of the story the show is telling me because I don't even know what these people's names are. I don't care if they get together. Like put the focus back on a character that I am interested in. Um, I think it says a lot that in my recap of this episode, their entire date is just a a, 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 a bullet point in my stray thoughts at the end. Like I so d- the only thing I cared about in that episode, and I'm not going to lie, the only thing I cared about in that episode was the trains. And it was like I finally cared about the trains after two episodes. The train sort of maybe. Do you remember in math class when you always had to do a problem that was like train A leaves Chicago at 9 a.m.? <laughs> Train B leaves, I don't know, what's a city that has trains near Chicago? <laughs> Some other city. Yes. It's I was, I, I, oh, horrible. Okay. The thing is, is that you are correct in that the most interesting story and the story that Fellows clearly cares about more than anything is Agnes versus Bertha. He cares. The reason that train story came to life is because he cares about the insider trading and he cares about the short stock. And like, I literally was like, do you remember Stonks last year? The whole thing with GameStop? Like, I was like, this is the GameStop thing all over again. Like, how is this the plot? I didn't really, I didn't really care so much about like the particulars of the stock thing, but it did it like that was a a a boring plot 
to me that at least served a larger purpose, which is showing you like how ruthless George Russell could the, be and how and how ruthless the, the Russells are as a couple. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoy their relationship. I think it's really I like um, I think it's really different than you normally see in something like this. I love that they're partners. I love that he treats her as an equal in a way that most of the men on the show don't treat their wives like I want more of that. Like, and just less of this other stuff. As I said, this was the the reason, part of the reason why episode three sold me on this show so hard is that we got this contrast of George telling Bertha, I'm about to risk all our money and Bertha go and do it, baby. And I wish there whereas- was like a YouTube reel of just like this stuff and that let's like sort of like making like a operation cutting right. motion with my hand, like removed all the other stuff I don't care about because... It would be a better show, I think. The, 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 you know, that scene then contrasted with no learning about the Van Ryn and how the Van Ryn family relationships and how basically Agnes, you know, endured 30 years of abuse by her husband in order to gain the rank she has. And, well, and like, also to prote- also to provide for her sister. Like, that's an important part of her character that I think. I think that's like her sort of softer underbelly, if you will, because she Mm -hmm. did all of that because, yes, she her her brother, Henry, uh, Marion's father, basically like took all their money and whatever and left. Gambled it away. Yeah. And so like Agnes was left on her own to fend for herself and her spinster sister. And I feel like that's also something you don't see a lot, which is that. Ada is such a central piece of Agnes's motivations. Like she married, she married Mr. Van Ryn to, to secure her own status, of course, but like also to, I mean, otherwise where would Ada go? Yeah. And, and, and there's a level where she also doesn't want Ada ever to leave. Like when that one suitor comes around, like a, she's correct. He was, a he, he, he was kind of fortune hunting and she calls him out on it. But B, it's also that she's just like, she, she doesn't want Ada to leave. Ada, it, Ada is her partner. Ada is her, her other half. She is her, they are each other's significant others in a way that like they, they're utterly codependent. And even though, even though Agnes is always reminding us how Ada has no money and Ada is like, don't be mean to me. Right. Like, even though they're like that, like they're, they need each other so much. And I really love that. Um, But I mean, also, I just also loved like George and Bertha versus like the aldermen and their wives. Cause you know, we had these two wives that we met, um, Fane and Morris, uh, Charity Workers Inc. Um, And then we met their husbands finally in episode three. Um, who were who were screwing over George just as much as their as as their wives are screwing over Bertha just in a completely different way, which I found fascinating. But then they go home and they have to tell their wives. By the way, I bet all our money and I lost it, right? Whereas George is literally like, I'm about to bet all our money and I might lose it, right? Like the the the, the contrast of that modern relationship versus this very patriarchal. Well, I'm the man and I just do what I want with the money and you suffer. Like, I really, I, I, I loved that contrast. Yeah, I do think that's really interesting. And again, it's like, like I said, if this show just had an editor, I would love it instead of just like it. Yeah, I, I, I think if I wasn't recapping it the way I am, and I didn't have to watch as carefully as I do, I might be more frustrated with it because I, I, I have to find the things I really like in it. But when I find the things I like in it, God, I love them. Like they are really good. And they, no, you know, I really do think a big problem of the show is Marion. 
because I will, she is okay. just supposed. I mean, she's supposed to. She's supposed to be the audience stand-in. She's supposed to be the heroine we all root for. And I don't, I don't know what her arc is. I had this thought this week with this episode when she's in the park with the Statue of Liberty arm. By the way, that's real. Um, and 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 what's his name? The lawyer dude proposes to her, and she's sort of just like wide-eyed, like, "Oh my god, I've just been asked to marry somebody." No, I didn't say no. I didn't say yes. She's not angry. She's so passive. Every fellow's heroine is angry. Lady Mary is angry. Lady Edith is angry. Lady Sybil is angry. Cora Crawley is angry. The Dowager Duchess is angry. Every woman has a backbone of rage in Downton Abbey. Agnes has a backbone of rage. Bertha has a backbone of rage. Marianne is like, hi. I don't know that Marianne has a backbone at all. Well, I'm sure Peggy has a backbone of rage. The problem is, is that Marion has to be all things to all people in this story. So she doesn't get to be anything. Yes, I agree. I agree. This is not the actress's fault. Oh, no. I think yeah. she's actually quite charming. Um, but I think that, unfortunately for her, the character of Marion as written has to basically be our way into half a dozen different plots, some of which she just frankly does not belong in. And... I don't know. So like, like I said before, I can't tell you what her arc is. Like, she's not learning anything. She's not growing. That whole thing of, 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 of finding a way to make her part of the cook trying to steal the silver and yet not get the cook fired was such a, like, it was such a delicate dance and so awkward at the same time because it made no sense. Like the moment she told Oscar that, that, that cook should have been out on her butt, right? Like I was totally waiting for, for Oscar to be like, she stole the silver, gone. Right. And that did not even happen. Speaking of which, can we talk about Oscar for a minute? And the fact Uh, that we have a gay character here. Which again, I'm about to be a negative Nelly. He's in love with John Adams, the fourth. Um, of that John Adams family. Which is hilarious. And and the thing is, is that I actually really like sort of the inclusive representation of including this character. Oh, I love John Adams the Fourth. I love the fact that John Adams the Fourth is like, wait, you're going to go get married? No, we're going to be bachelors together. Like, I love them. I, li- I, I do. I think that Oscar's sort of search for a very rich and very naive wife is interesting. But then again, I'm also like, would I take Oscar's story versus like more of some things that I'm maybe more interested in? I don't know. Maybe if it were more based on that, I don't care about his friendship with uh, Dude from Poldark. Oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't actually have a friendship with Dude from Poldark. He's just using that friendship to get closer to Gladys. I don't care about any of that. Everything he's doing, he's doing for he's doing because he 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 is as ruthless, I think, and as single mindedly sharkish as George Russell, which is, I think, partly why Gladys is going to be so attracted to him. But at the same time, like. I need Gladys to have a uh, Gladys is another character that is really sort of soft and doesn't have any anger to her. And I find that frustrating. Although to weirdly, I think Gladys is more interesting than Marion is because I can tell you what Gladys wants. I cannot tell you what Marion wants. No, it, it, it is very, I, I will absolutely give you that Marion is frustrating and I don't know what to do. But, you know, the fact is, is that like, it, she's a little like the Taylor Schilling of, of, of Orange is <laughs> the New Black. She's, she's the, she's, she's that necessary central character that, that maybe everybody. In, that, maybe that, like Orange is the New Black in season two, she'll just sort of like become wallpaper. I don't know. But uh, maybe she'll, she'll marry and disappear quietly. Like, I don't know. But like, the thing is, I like everything else. I, I, I know you have. 
have issues. She just has to. She just has to be in all of the everything else because they've built the whole show around her getting things explained to her, and it drives me mm. nuts. Um, I I also um speaking of which, she's also as we said the in to Peggy. Yeah, let's talk about Peggy. I love Peggy. Um, I love the fact that Peggy literally shows us scenes of all black establishments, bougie establishments in New York in the 1880s that people never talk about and people never show on television. I need more of those scenes. I need them every single week. I was going to say, I also really like Peggy for that reason. I think it's very rare that you see a sort of um, uh, upper upper middle class American black family from that time period. I think... Yes. Um, I think that's very important. Uh, I love. Can, can I just say that I that I love her parents and I I I, I love uh, her mom I, is Audra McDonald. I think yes. Um, this is we'll get to we'll get to all of Lacey's favorite Broadway performers who are in this show in a second. And and her and and her father her father is also a Broadway is also Broadway. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But yeah. Um. Anyway, b- before I forget my point about Peggy, I don't think. Um, Peggy's Peggy and Peggy's family and Peggy's storyline is something that I wish we could jettison some of the other stuff to I wish we could jettison some of the other stuff to focus more on this because I think there's seeds of really good stuff there but because there's no time to really dig into it it again feels to me like Julian Fellows is so awkward about race and mm. and this is not much better and it's it's very it's less awkward than Sanditon season one well, that's not that hard. I know, but honestly, I also feel like it is. It is. It is. Um, you know, there is a whole movement here. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. There's a whole movement here to quietly start putting black characters in period pieces. Grant Chester did this too this past well, season. No, and I get, I get this, but the problem here is related to that, and that's because unless we are directly showing us Peggy and her family, where are the other black people in New York? Even when they're like out on the streets doing things, there aren't any black people in the background. The characters of color are there for one specific plot line, and that's the specific plot line that they get to do. I think it's incredibly interesting that Agnes is so supportive of Peggy, that she gives her a job, that she really seems to like her, that she really seems to cheerlead for her success because she's a go-getter and that speaks to her. And looking at Agnes from a distance, like, I'm sorry, but we all thought that woman was going to be a terrible racist. Yeah. Like, sorry. <laughs> we all thought that one was going to be like, like, like a horrible racist, and she's not. And I want to know how that happened because, because like she's not from a society where that would be the norm. No, like they can be, they 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 can support. Uh, like I was actually when, when when in that first scene where they meet Peggy and she says, "Oh, I supported that school." I honestly thought we had the the makings of the rich white person who chair who who does the charity to to black to to the abolitionist I mean, yeah, and she does do that she does do that but she doesn't do it the way they do every other charity in this show which is like i'm doing charity so people will see me doing charity she seemed really interested in in that peggy really could do a good job because of all of that yeah and i sort of thought when the show introduced that that it was going to be uh, i do black i do charities for black people but i don't actually want black people around me like i thought it was that could be that kind of racism and it's not i thought um one of the things i i really found interesting about the first episode then they dropped it and suddenly everybody's friends is the the lower class white servants downstairs being really resistant towards peggy because they're immigrants and they're afraid that freed 
black people from the south are going to come north and start taking all of their jobs and i was like that is fascinating and we don't talk about that enough and the show never mentions it again and suddenly peggy's like friends with that girl well no because peggy basically like quietly like basically she's very savvy about her relationships with them by helping the cook suddenly she has the cook downstairs as an ally so when the housekeeper turns on her the cook says no but that doesn't fit that doesn't fix the problem with the girl who said that like they suddenly they're friends and they never show us how we got there and i'm way more interested in that than i am in like 30 percent of the rest of the show like i don't mean to sound like i don't like this i think it's really interesting i think it's really necessary i also think it's very julian fellasy in that like it goes here in this place and that's the place in which it goes and we will mention it like a couple of times and that's outside of that place that it goes and that is how we talk about race on these shows um the thing is is that this is a baby step i know i and 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 there's a level where we should be way past this we should be at the point that you say we should be bridgerton like hello like slammed down the doors and said no no integrated damn it right like they they you know shonda came in and showed people the way i'm not even saying like that suddenly yeah i'm just saying it's just like little stuff like when when peggy goes out to have that conversation with her dad on the street the only people that walk by them are white and like it's new york right no (laughs) i absolutely agree it's it, yes yes it is it's it's the sex in the city problem where sex in the city forgot that black people exist in new york right like there is a level where like they 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 are making a step but it isn't they, they haven't gotten all the way there yet it's like the time it's like ti- the tiniest step possible which i guess like golf clap but also really i mean i i want to applaud them for what they have given us i and yes i want more i want I want this show to get a season two so it can go further. I don't know if it I don't know if it can go further. I don't know if it has the stones to go further. And oh wait, and while I'm while I'm out here like kicking Hornet's nest, I will say, you know what? I actually really want Peggy's storyline to integrate more with the rest of the show and not be so siloed into like I actually well, part I- of that problem is is the fact that, that that they're hiding her lawyer stuff. And so she basically goes into a room and we close the door because they're trying to keep her mysterious. And that is a problem of the writing. I mean, I just I really, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I can't I can't be like this show needs to fix everything wrong with television right now. And you are right. It is it is nice it's it's nice that this is something that this is better than when they had that season of downton where rose dated a jazz singer but is it really that much better well in each time in each case we step forward so we had rose dating a, a a jazz singer okay we've actually put a black person in a period piece good for you okay now we have you know we have a color conscious black character in Grantchester who is actually from Nigeria and cooks Nigerian food. And the characters have to get used to the idea that there's a whole nother culture that is part of British culture that is here. All right. And then we have Sanditon and we have Georgiana and we're going to get more Sanditon and more Georgiana. And now we have, you know, even though we have this huge leap in Bridgerton in front of all these people, they're still marching to a much slower drummer. And, I I feel like they have made a I feel this is a good step. I agree with you. It's not enough of a step like it should be more. They should they should have the they should have the stones to go further. But it is this is this was never going to be a fast 
I mean, especially British imports like this, it was never going to be so fast. Is this even a British import, though? Technically, it's American. (sighs) I think of it as a British import um, because everyone behind the scenes is Mm. basically British. Even though it is, even though we have many American characters. um, The show is set in America. (laughs) The show is set in America. But there are also, it's very obvious, the British casting agents do this because everybody who's downstairs is basically a British actor. And and, and, and all of like the, let's talk about my favorite thing, which is the fact that this show films in Manhattan and literally, I think, must have employed half of Broadway during the pandemic because everywhere there are broadway people everywhere okay first of all it doesn't actually film in manhattan i want to be clear about that it is actually filmed in upstate new york in troy just uh north of albany yeah close enough certainly during a pandemic when broadway's been shut for a year and a half so right like they employed everybody oh Oh my my god if they ever do a musical episode of the gilded age it will be brilliant i mean christine baranski (laughs) is also a great theater person but not who i'm thinking of in this i'm thinking of like Patrick Page, who was nominated for a Tony for Town recently and is still playing Hades on Town at this moment, if anyone would like to go see it. It's wonderful. He's I don't know why he's in this show, but I love him and wish him success. Um, um, yeah, Kelly O'Hara as Mrs. Fane. Donna, Donna Murphy. Murphy. Can I tell you, I'd heard Donna Murphy <laughs> was in this, but I had not uh, heard who she was playing when they showed her as, as Mrs. Astor, who, for those of you who don't know, was like the old money influencer in this particular period of New York. Her infamous list of the 400 society folk was like, I mean, it was it was the pretty much but like that's how you were anybody because if you were on mrs astor's list and i like screamed when i saw her passions is such an underrated sondheim masterpiece that's all it really is gene Triplehorn uh appearing as uh sylvia chamberlain who honestly i have to say it took me a minute to figure out who she was and i was like oh it's the first wife from big love <laughs> Barb. I mean, even Peggy's, even the Peggy Scott actress, Danae Benton, is a uh, is she was Hamilton. She was in Hamilton. Yeah, Audra McDonald is her mom. Um, 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 John Douglas Thomas Thompson is her father. That's who it there is. There is a later episode uh, in which Nathan Lane makes a very memorable appearance. Oh. I adore him <laughs> in all things. Can I can I just say that I um is it a spoiler to say I wanted chicken afterwards? I love him so much. Um, <laughs> there's so many people in this. It's like it's it's really, if you are any kind of a theater person at all, like you will play the hey it's that guy game with like great gusto. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, Linda Edmond is a is a Eamon is a Clara Barton. Um, I just I yeah the whole everything about this. About, about the guest cast list is just so fun. It's flawless. It's just flawless. Right? And, and and this is, you know, even though, even though, like, yes, you're right, the show has its flaws. There are too many downstairs characters. I agree. They need to Get just, they need them. to... They need to just forget about the Russells downstairs. Um, They need to either integrate oh. peggy better with downstairs ta- or get rid of the weird the weird lady's maid who wants to bang her boss have we talked about oh, her? oh turner yes i mentioned turner oh, um seriously like she's creepy i was just like is this supposed to be like uh <laughs> like i don't like, even what's know her name what that is supposed Downton? to be i was like is this is this that i don't no 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 because you know what no 
Okay, because honestly, O'Brien would never. O'Brien would never. And you know it. Right? I'm just like, saying she, it's a, okay in that specific instance yes but it does feel like Turner is cut from that same stereotype like she's that archetype figure no I I, I agree the, the 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 sneering the sneering at your at your ladyship thing yes I get that but I also think that that's that's the stuff that didn't when when people did that when they imitated Downton but they made the the downstairs people not pastoral is when it didn't work. Victoria is a perfect example of that. You need if we it, you can't they have to be the happy frolicking servants on some level or the audience isn't going to enjoy them. The audience doesn't want to tune in to see somebody stealing the silver. Oh, and then there's that other random man who definitely has some kind of shady past. I don't know. I don't care about any of these people. Are you, are you talking about Watson? Is that his um, name? Sure. Um, Sounds legit. What? Wa- <laughs> Watson is um hold on. Uh, I'm going to be like his name is his name is end table. Um, I don't think you mean Watson. I think you mean um. I think you mean the other one who's the uh, whose name has actually escaped me. Um, <laughs> just just pick a piece of furniture. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> Bannister, <laughs> table, ottoman. Oh my gosh! No, like it's uh, it's very frustrating that there are too many characters. So I will many. absolutely agree with you on that. I like, I do really feel funny. like I, I mean I know this is my job and it's like me. I I'm like wallowing in my laziness and privilege here. But there was a point where I was like, I'm not going to learn any of these people's names. And I'm not going to try, and I did it. <gasps> um, I but I have to say, as a show, I I was very. Uh, I I had real trepidations about this show. You know, a show that spends 10 years in development hell and finally shows up is usually a flop, right? I will say, I will say that it's at least entertaining. For all of the things that are flawed about it, it is for the most part, especially if I ignore the 30,000 people who work downstairs, is is that it's inter- it's entertaining. And and I can't say that for Belgravia. I genuinely love this show. Um, I, I, it, it, yes, it has flaws. I don't. I Marion is a cipher. Ugh. I don't care about. I don't care about her. Her. Her lawyer boyfriend. Oh wait, we didn't even talk about that. Okay, do we think that he wants to get with her, or because he thinks that she's gonna get money? No, no, no. He wants to get with her. Like he's actually like dumb in love. Like I absolutely buy that. That he funny, is. Because I sort of, um, I sort of shipped them in the first like scenes they had together where she was at his lawyer's office and he was trying mm-hmm. to help her. But then once he showed up in New York, I was like, get back stalker. <laughs> um, I really want Harry to step up and start wooing her. Um, I, I actually do want that because I want kind of a Romeo and Juliet vibe. And you're not going to get that with Oscar and Gladys since Oscar is totally 100% fortune hunting here. Also, can we just say that every time Agnes calls everybody else a fortune hunter, I'm like, lady, you, you, you're just projecting because that's what your son is. <laughs> um, I also, uh, I just, I just, li- I really like Gladys. And I do think it's because unlike unlike Mary and I can tell you like what she wants I love her campaign to get rid of her governess and like her very active like her her just desire to be sort of free of her mother 
I love that. I, I will note that the, that when her governess showed up, I believe that was at the top of episode three when the governess finally shows up. I didn't actually realize it wasn't Turner for a good minute. Like I was like, wait, is that a different character? God, there's still more people downstairs. See, there's so more people. And that's like <laughs> not even counting when you get to like all the sort of tertiary people. Like, let's just talk about the big cliffhanger at the end of episode three, which is which is where Oh, Patrick Morris shooting himself in the head. Yes, which AI was shot by um good job pushing the envelope there kids but like all those dudes that work with him who are those men i don't know they look like the same person at least one of them is supposed to be mr astor um they are supposed to be all the husbands of the wives who have been cutting bertha dead here's the thing that i find interesting and maybe it's because i just don't know when the timing of this is like why can't she just go hang out with the morgans like the Morgans are the Morgans are upstart new money. Or the Rockefellers. Um, actually, did you notice in I think it's episode three that they start talking about the Rockefellers and the Morgans getting together to make the bet? Oh, yes. <gasps> That's right. I loved and, uh, that. Yeah. So I'm like, why don't you just go hang out with them? They're loaded. Right? They're loaded and they're doing cool stuff. Like they're going they're going and people, they are going to make the mech. Literally, Russell's go hang out. I mean, isn't one of them about to go die on the Titanic? Like mm-hmm. Right. Like there is so many that like I and I understand, of course, because they don't want to put a lot of real people in yeah, the show yeah. that that's not gonna be and the whole point and it's is why that Mrs. It's in- why Mrs. Astor's only in it like for five minutes at a time. Right. And I don't actually and and like her husband actually never shows up, shows up, but he's supposed to be part of that group. He's supposed to be one of those aldermen. Like he's like the most powerful of the group. Um, They all look like the same man to me. I am that meme from the office about it's the same picture. (laughs) Um, But I, 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 as I said, this was the train episode where the aldermen tried to dick over George the way that their wives have been basically treating Bertha. I mean, uh, you know what's interesting is that he is such a expletive. Like he really <sighs> is a huge jerk. And oh, part yeah. of it is the other. I think the other thing. Now that I've said this out loud, uh, the other problem that I have with the show is I can't figure out. I can't figure out who it wants me to root for. Do you know what I mean? Like ah. I think that it wants me to root for it, Agnes. It, 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 but took like, us, it took it took us almost the entire episode to get to the thing that actually Like it's interesting because like they're also like, oh well these people are like upstarts and they're also like, well awful, awful people because I guess capitalism is terrible? I don't know. It's really like I can't figure out what this message is. Well no, no, look at Downton Abbey. Look at Downton Abbey. Your lot inherits it, my lot inherits it, your lot buys it. Which one of those is the heroine? It's the one who inherits it. The one who buys it is the one who's the evil dude. Right? That is Fellow's real and true opinions on things. To him, the Russells are the bad guys. Oh yeah. Well he's like in the house. He's like in He's like in the House of Lords himself. Of course it is. But the show doesn't act like that. Well, no, because it's an American show. The show acts like I'm supposed to feel bad for Bertha and that I'm supposed to like support them in their striving. And so it comes up with a really like weird narrative disconnect for me that I don't feel like the show knows what it's doing. Okay, see, to me, that's not a narrative disconnect. To me, that is the dichotomy of this show that makes it work for me. I don't think it's on purpose. I don't think it's on purpose. <laughs> no, I don't think it is either, but that doesn't matter to me. I just, I I just love feel the like... fact that they, that, that because the show's, because the show's actual heart is with the old money, but it knows its audience is with the new money. 
it, it creates this this, this I don't weird... know that I am though I think I'm team Agnes but oh no 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 like I I I there's part of me that's very much team Agnes even though I'm I mean seriously did you see that peacock dress with the hat I know I really I enjoy the Russells but they're horrible people they are and and fellows hates them on some level they're the one they're they're it makes them into accidental anti-heroes the p- evil people you love to hate they are the walter whites <laughs> now i'm trying to picture like brian cranston in one of those hats or like a like a <laughs> ascot but oh my god can, can, can we just stop for like two minutes and talk about the blue sail that perches on oh top gosh. of carrie coon's head in the premiere if you want i'll find send me that picture and so you guys know what we're talking about i'll make it the featured image for this episode i mean honestly like she says i'm gonna go upstairs to change and i was like no 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 carrie coon the line is i'm going upstairs to take off my hat i know i'm all part of it too is that i am a longtime carrie coon enthusiast um watch the leftovers if you have oh my god um the leftovers is most amazing show Uh, yeah i don't know i feel like after all of this i don't know that we were planning on talking about this show again after it was over but maybe we're gonna talk about it again after the first season's over because i will tell you listeners that as critics we got to see some of this early but they didn't send us the whole season no we've seen we've seen the first five episodes we're talking about the first three but we haven't seen the last four I can't tell you if it sticks the landing because I don't know. And I'm interested to find out. And I wonder if you all might be. I'm also interested to see if this gets a second season. So expensive. I think it has to. Well, one of the things, though, is, you know, when Downton Abbey was such a hit in the in the winter of 2011, part of it was that it simply had no it had no competition. And there is just so much television now, especially right now. I know. I mean, especially right now. It's because every show that had a pandemic delay is suddenly back. Right. And so it had there is so much competition like HBO also isn't putting this on Sunday nights. It's putting it on Monday nights, which is where it buried his dark materials. Don't forget. Well, which still ran for three seasons. So, well, HBO really wants to make Monday nights a thing because Monday nights is a place where there isn't a lot of competition. It's trying to colonize Monday night. I mean, I get it. It's actually great counter programming to football. Right. And it, it, it really is like it, it, it put it didn't it isn't putting dark materials on Mondays because it fails. It thinks that it can hold its own. It's putting the Gilded Age on Mondays because it thinks it will it, it thinks it will colonize Monday night with that show. I mean, I don't think this I, this show is not going to be like a, a Downton level success. No, that's that is to me the problem. I also don't think many shows are a down level success. So, I mean, cracking into like the wider sort of pop culture landscape is not easy but i think it's no. you know it's expensive it's clearly the sort of prestige thing hbo likes i think it'll got a season two i would really really hope it gets a season two honestly like this and house of the dragon are the two shows that hbo is debuting basically almost back to back that are trying to capture the same zygest as 2011 and i'm just not sure either is quite up to the task I don't know. Are you guys out there watching The Gilded Age? You are period drama lovers like we are. If you are, send us your thoughts just because I would like to know what they are. I don't really know a lot of people that are watching this show yet. Um, so you, you know who I know who are watching the show? All the people I know who are watching the show, they're the, pe- they're the people who refer to themselves as crones. They're my crone friends. That is very <laughs> weird and kind of adorable. 
Um, but like it, it, it also it also speaks to exactly who this who there, there is an audience for this, but is it the mainstream wider mm, audience yeah. that HBO wants? But anyway, if you guys are watching The Gilded Age and have thoughts on any of it or how you like it or whatever, I would just love to hear them. We are televisions at weta.org or you can tweet at us at tele underscore visions on Twitter. Whew, we went on for a long time about this show. Um, I think we might have to we might have to um, come back to this by the, at the end of the season yeah. and see how it all shakes out. But let's wrap up this uh, <laughs> this marathon sesh. Tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs, Miss Bundle. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. Um, I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and the associate editor here at Televisions and a freelancer around the web. Um, I am currently covering Pam and Tommy over at Elite Daily and I am doing weekly recaps of the Gilded Age at the AV Club. So if you really want to know what I wrote this week, just check my Twitter because I retweet all of my bylines and that's how you know what i wrote thanks huzzah uh i am lacy mb on twitter that is l-a-c-y-m-b and like annie i write a lot here at televisions and around the entertainment web but i always tweet my bylines so come and be my friend and find out what i am talking about outside of the things i'm talking about here uh the site and the pod are also on social media at telly underscore visions on twitter and televisions blog all one word on facebook we are also on YouTube now with this podcast, so you can listen to us that way if you don't like the Apple iTunes app or whatever, and we are Weta PBS on YouTube. Uh, what else? What else? We are a product of WETA. If you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org for more news and recaps and updates and all kind of fun things and a donate button where you can help us keep making all of this content for you and get access to PBS Passport, which has all manner of things to watch including early access to the second seasons of all creatures great and small and vienna blood that is our show for this week i am really curious to see how everybody's thoughts on the gilded age are netting out uh if you're watching something else you think we should be talking about or watching ourselves again we are televisions at weta.org everybody be nice to each other it is getting rough out in these covid winter streets Please get your booster if you haven't yet. Maybe considering up, consider upgrading your mask game and just, I don't know, be nice to the person in line behind you at the grocery store. We are all going through it. And with that, I will simply say thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. 